Stiller. Jetta well steals it. Oh, and he's away. Long. Lewis Roberts Thompson, Daniel Merritt. Roberts Thompson holds his ground. Oh, oh sold it, dummy. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Bruzy, I'm tipping from your reaction that we don't see a lot of LRT just ducking around players and kicking goals like that. Oh, look, he's had a terrific night tonight. Great coaching move putting him there, but certainly the smell cow's not normally in the repertoire of Lewis Roberts Thompson. He's, yeah, he Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds. We are coming off a 71-point win over the St Kilda, or to make it more accurate, Lance Franklin has outscored St Kilda off his own boot by two points. Today joining me will be Punts. How are you guys? Swans Rule 100. Hello everyone. And Robbie Yando. Hey everyone. Okay, Swans Rule, do you want to take us away and give us your thoughts on the game? Well, Secure really, they are not much of a team, so good to get a 71-point win, I suppose. That second quarter was probably what cost us a 100-point win, but really the game was about Franklin and the, what was the hashtag Team Buddy or whatever they had going. <laughs> his dad was going off his tree every time he got a goal and they showed a bit of him. He was a pretty excitable man. Um, so clearly Franklin was pretty awesome. It would have been nice to see him slot the 10 because no one's done that for us since Tony Lockett, I don't think. so. Tony Lockett, round 16, 1998. Yeah, against Melbourne, wasn't it? Um, yeah, against yeah, so, Oh, anyway, that would have been, it would have been good. But, you know, it, it was hard to go past Franklin, I thought. Um, given Kennedy went off, I thought Parker stood up pretty well in the midfield. McVeigh was pretty clean with his possession. Rowe went off half-back because continues to be a revelation and the confidence he has in his game now is just awesome. He's got the most possessions he's ever got in a game, I believe, and just the way he does those little spoils and the run he's got back into his game, it's just, you know, it's just, um, it's been wonderful. And I think Punt's called for it about 12 months ago, so you got to tip your hat off to the great man calling for that. And then Biggs, his other project player, how good was Biggs in, in his first game for the year? He's probably arguably been wasted in the knee for. I know some people said he's tackling needs work I'll have to have a look at that but I thought his disposal was so crisp and clean and he racks up the ball he just knows where to find it so that's what impressed me uh, the other one who flew under the radar a bit was Tippett I thought he actually started moving a bit better as the game went and he gets continuous game time which is ominous for other teams coming into the finals but really hard to read much into that we fought the game out probably better than we do sometimes but secure are nothing more than witches hats um I know Nick Rewald was probably the only player I'd look twice at. I mean, we don't really need another tall forward, so not much to say. Just move on and roll on, bring on the finals. Hopefully we just roll through the doggies and the tigers in the meantime. Uh, the players I did want to bring up just from the game, obviously, besides Buddy, and I've got a little comment for him at the end. Um, I thought Jake Lloyd actually had his best game for us on the weekend. He was really, really good. Um, 21 disposals at an... 91% efficiency rate, 10 marks, 7 tackles. That's a good game in anyone's books. And the other player I was really happy, he seemed to get into a bit of form in his second half, Dan Hanabry. Yeah, he, he needs to get a bit. He needed to get a bit of game time to really get running. And against Port Adelaide last week, having Kane Corns run straight to is always a bit of a problem. But... Little Candace was pretty good on the weekend, and if you can keep up, keep on improving, we're going to have a bloody good midfield come finals time. The only real um, players I do want to mention, um, once again, thanks to 
Biggs did a fantastic job on Hayes, and I think we may have to get punts up there making selections at the match table. He's called Rowan. He's called Biggs now. Um, Coach Punts. Cheers. And um, the last one, Lance Franklin, nine goals, four fifty-eight. St Kilda, eight goals, eight fifty-six. <laughs> the only one, the only two negatives I didn't mention actually. Sorry, just to cut in again. Was uh, like I'm not sold on Dean Towers at the AFL level. I don't know what you guys think. And Sam Reid didn't even catch up to Kennedy's possessions after he subbed off. He needs to do more or have a different role. I mean, I'm still big on him going down back, but I'm not sure what he's out there to do. But it's clearly not to get the ball. I'd be interested to hear what you guys thought of Towers, though. Uh, Rob Leander, uh, what were your thought thoughts? Towers, uh, I thought Towers, um, you know, had a sloppy start to the game, but when, when, once the game, as the game went on, he actually got more involved and his possessions were a bit more cleaner and he, he used his pace more. So I thought it was his, obviously his better game for us, but he had to work into the game. Obviously, he wouldn't be a player to rely on in a final, but it was it, it was a good game for him and one that he can use to work on. Um, as for Reed, I felt like yes, he's bit, he'd be more useful down back. But yesterday, he, he St Kilda he wouldn't be useful down there for St, against St Kilda because who when was the ball ever down there? And that meant his role was really as a decoy to help you know release Franklin and. Um, uh, Tippett. So I don't think he was there for possessions. He was there to really get to, to stretch St Kilda's back line, which he, I think he did do his role in that sense. But St Kilda don't have any tall backs and the ball gets out of there so quick. It feels like Sam Reid obviously has potential and I like him as a player, but it feels like every week we've got a different excuse for why he didn't get the ball. And he, to me, he's shown all the signs of being a good defender. But he's just not there's no, we don't need a fourth decoy down there after Goods, Tippett and Franklin. It's just my opinion, but I, I think he's been mucked around with his role in the team a bit too with the ruck chop out and everything, but he's such a good mark. Put him on someone down back. Okay, Punts, what were your thoughts on Reed's game and the Swans on the weekend? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't agree with the decoy role. I reckon that's absolutely ridiculous. I think <clears throat> why, pay, why pay someone... I know it's a team it's a team game, but why you know, pay someone all this money and have a guy running around as a decoy? If that's the case, you might as well pay another six foot four bloke that can't get a kick at VFL level just to run around and take a defender if that's the case. I don't believe in that sort of stuff. I um I think Reed needs to, you know, get in, he definitely needs to get into the game more. I know they look for Tippett and, and Buddy and Buddy more, but he, he sometimes yesterday, I, I watched him a lot yesterday, and he didn't really present up the ground. Um, he just looks like he doesn't want to get in the other guy's way to me, like he just wants to sort of stay out of there and and, and that sort of stuff. And, you know, maybe his confidence is, is a little bit down and maybe it comes better when one of them aren't in the side because he becomes more of a focal point up forward and they do they do try and kick it to him more. So I don't really agree with the, the, the decoy role. Um I don't think he'd agree with that either. I don't know if he wants to be running around for the next 10 years, you know, being called a decoy. Um, I sure wouldn't. And if that's the case, he might as well go and move clubs and be a focal point at another club. If, you know, if that's the way um, the team, you know, team success looks at it as um, that he's the decoy sort of thing. I know Goods didn't get much of it yesterday, but Goods didn't play a hell of a lot forward uh, yesterday. That He was actually on the ball for, you know, a majority of the second half and I think he only got, maybe just over 10 possessions. 
Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but twelve you know, disposals he, for goods. Yeah, and he played a lot permanently on the ball. So I know when he was for, they didn't really look for him. When they did, it bounced off his chest. Um, besides that, um, I thought uh, Pikey. I know it was you know only Billy Longer. I think um, Pikey had you know a pretty good a pretty good game. Um, Rowan again. I thought. Um, you know, he seems to be every week just getting uh, confidence, and you know, he seems to be um, taking him on a bit, which is um, which is which is really good to see. He, uh, you know, that run through the middle that he did, and sometimes I think he's running too fast to, you know, he shanks a couple of kicks, but um, he's bloody uh, unbelievably quick, and some of his spoils as well. Yesterday, uh, um, were right in front of me, and he just um, to come across a couple of packs was just. Uh, was just really good. So, you know, his confidence and um, building every week, and I think it could be a little bit of an X factor come finals. Um, I thought it was pretty much the younger guys yesterday that really stood up. Um, obviously, McVeigh, um, again, played well, I thought. And I thought, as you said, Lloyd and just the bigs, just the younger guys. Carrie Cunningham, I know you didn't see a lot of it, just his defensive pressure was really good yesterday. And um, something we might have lacked, you know, with Benny McGlynn out of the side, he sort of stood up in that area. And I just thought the younger guys really stood up. Um, yesterday, which was you know good to see, and just shows to you know even though it was only St Kilda, it just shows that we you know we have some pretty good um, depth, and hopefully we can get back um, you know Benny McGlynn and, and guys like that for the finals. But um, yeah, just yesterday showed that you know um, our, our depth's um, pretty good. Um, if you can bring in guys like Biggs and who've been playing um, Neefel all year, and it's a pretty big step up from Neefel, obviously to AFL level, and still have twenty five possessions. Um, off the halfback flank is um, pretty good, and you know, kudos to um, to him. And um, obviously, Jakey Lloyd, he's been subbed the last couple of weeks, and to come on yesterday and play a full game after only playing you know limited time the last two weeks and rack up in the twenties, and you know, to do that, that's another kudos. So he's obviously the perfect sub, and to me, he's some energy spot. I don't really care who plays well on the twos; they're racking up forty possessions or not. There's no way you can drop a kid um, that's played pretty much the majority of the whole year, and um, you know, bring in somebody else. So, you know, kudos kudos to him too. And obviously, Lance Franklin, um, nine goals is um, pretty outstanding, so you can't go past uh, giving him a mention also. In regards yeah, I, to Tap. Franklin's game was good, and, you know, the, the, the depth of youth was, you know, was very good to see. You know, Biggs, we all know what he is capable of after he's entered the last year. It's just a case of getting him onto the senior list at some point in the year. Um, and I think they'll, they'll were just waiting for a spot to open up so they could have a, another ruckman in, on the list because you, know, you don't want to be in a case where you have a you know, ruckman fall down and you're, you're exposed in that department. So I think that was the real, real issue of getting him on the list. So it's good to see him get a game and you know just really carry on where he left off last year. Um, the other one was you know Lloyd. If he doesn't get rising start this week, I don't know what when he's ever going, ever going to get it because obviously he can't. He's not going to get it after this year. But he's his fifth game over twenty possessions this year already, um, and he's been sub the last two weeks. He's 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 just really added that extra dimension of pace and um, contested ball that you, you just love in the midfielder and. It's really made you know, a player like Ryan O'Keefe and Tom Mitchell kind of, um, you know, you're not you're not missing that type of player, but you know, you come finals, 
as a sub, he would be a very good um, person to have come on, come on late in the game. Um, and you know, the other ones were, you know, I really did like Tippett's game, where early in the game he was just he's, he you knew he knew he was moving up and down the ground, so you knew he wasn't affected by the injury, and he was getting that match fitness, and you knew once. They started looking other than Buddy. He would pop up with a few goals late in the game, which he, which he did. Okay, now we may as well go on to the next really big topic that came out of the weekend. The, um, apparent hamstring tightness to Josh Kennedy, pretty much. Now, Josh Kennedy had a look. He came off on, at the end of the first quarter. It didn't really seem like he did anything, and John Longmire talked at the end of the match. Uh Hans, you want to go over what John Longmire said? Um, oh, just pretty much he said that it was precautionary and, oh, not so much precautionary, that Josh felt, um, you know, slight tightness at the end of the first quarter. They put him on for the start of the second quarter and he didn't think that he could uh, go on any further and um, obviously he knew that himself that if it was going to go or not sort of thing. Um, and obviously I was out of the game, so I didn't actually see on the TV what, you know, if they put ice on it straight away or how the medicos were acting and how him himself were, were acting. So I can't really comment on, um, on you know, his his actions, on if he looked disappointed or not. So, um, you know, they're saying that it could be, um, you know, strain, grade one, I don't know. You're obviously going to have to wait to the, to the scans. That's about as much as you could um, probably go to. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm don't know. Well, in regards to the um, icing and the compression brandage, you did put a bit of ice on it straight after he um, felt the tightness. But by the end of the second quarter and in the third quarter, he was walking around just with a compression bandage. Now, I've done my hamstring on a few occasions. So I've done both um, two grade one tears and a grade two bit tear before. I can tell you this, even if it's a grade one tear, you feel it go off. It feels like you've got a small rubber band snapping in your hamstring. If he had snapped it, he would have pulled up and felt it immediately and they wouldn't have stopped icing it after 20 minutes. Guaranteed, he would have stayed on ice for three to four hours after the injury had gone through to try and um, keep the blood flow just isolated there. there I, from what it sounds like and what John Longmire said after the um, game, it does seem like tightness and they were just being precautionary. I mean... If your best player goes through and says, look, my hamstring's feeling a bit tight, you're three weeks out of finals, you're not going to be risking him. Am I correct? Oh, hell yeah. Exactly. There is no... Look, in all honesty, we probably won't play him this week. Hamstring tightness can take a week or two to go away. And even if it is a tear, it's only going to be one or two fibers, which is a one to two week injury anyway. He'll be back up and running by finals. So we don't have too much to worry about. It may affect his Brownlow votes, but in all honesty, do we want a premiership or do we want an extra Brownlow at the club? Uh, I'll take the premiership, thanks, for $200. Okay, anyways, um, Punts, I trust you're at the reserves game. Do you want to give us your review of the match? Yeah, I was at, I went down, obviously was at the reserves game and um, they were playing GWS, which they're sitting on top and, and Sydney was sitting um, third. Um, one game off GWS, but a fair bit of percentage. Um First couple of quarters, uh, GWS got out to um, a pretty healthy lead. I think they might have been 30-odd points up at one stage. And the third quarter and, and the fourth quarter, Mitchell and Membray really stood up and started taking some grabs. And um, Mitchell, um, yeah, we just, just started getting a lot of clearances. And um, 
obviously Tommy Walsh was uh, was again another another really good game from from Tommy. As I said, he didn't just defend the. Um, he defended well. He, he ran from the back line. He's, and he's kicking and everything was just... Yeah, he's sort of a bit of a star at the moment in that side, which is a little bit funny to say. Um, I know people say he hasn't really been playing on anyone decent, but you can only play on who who there's there. So, um, But it wasn't just that. He's Obviously, he's run and carry. You know, he's sort of a totally different player than... I've seen him... Obviously, everyone's seen him at AFL level and he sort of looked lost up in the forward line, but sometimes the back line, you know, you can when you're following someone around, it's a, it's a lot easier. Yeah, so you know, good on him for doing that. And uh, uh, Henny and Mills were, <laughs> were outstanding. Um, they're just class. They're just, you know, Mitchell's your, your in and under type and get it out. You know, doesn't have a whole, you know, hell of a lot of class. Mitchell, yeah, that's my opinion. But um, Henny and Mills, he just gets it out to them. And Henny looks like, you know, left foot, right footer. You wouldn't wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And they're both, um, which was surprising. They're both physically big boys. Like they're. You could put him, you know, in an AFL jumper now, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, oh, he's, you know, still another year off developing or something like that. They're both, you know, solid boys and deceptionally tall. Like Mills, I think they're both. They say there's maybe one or two centimeters between them, but Mills has to be bigger than than Heaney because he was standing next to Membrane. There was stuff all different sizes between them, and they've got Membrane listed 188 centimeters. So he's a big. He's going to be a big midfielder, Mills, and he's still only young. And same with Heaney, he's. You know, um, a big midfielder as well, so that's going to be good. And they're you know deceptionally quick too, both of the boys. And as I said, they've got class and to run around and get them sort of possessions. That you know, it is the the NFL, but to get you know at senior level and not even look out of place and run around and rack up your twenties and Mills last week your forties is really impressive. And you could just tell they they're, they're going to be very good players. I don't care what people say if they you know AFL steps up you can just tell that they're gonna be they're gonna be good players. They you know they didn't look out of place. They look just as good as Mitchell if not better. So and Mitchell's played AFL footy so um no they were really good. Um yeah that's about it. They got up for by a point. Um good comeback and yeah everyone sort of stood up in that game and even Hitchcock he probably should have had five foot had five goals he ran into open two open goals and sort of shanked him but um yeah, his his leg speed and that I think they might rookie list him. Um, he was good, and so was Robinson. So that was a good outing by the boys. At the moment, actually, um, his cocks on a few phantom drafts and from a few recruiters, he's shaping as a third to fourth round selection. He's actually pretty highly rated by a couple of clubs now. So yeah, well, he's got he's really really quick. They played him off a wing yeah. yesterday, and you I can hardly catch him. Um, there's actually been a few talks that, um, if he goes to the, um, draft camp, he may stand a chance of, um, matching Stephen Hill's record over 20 metres. That's how bloody yeah. quick he is. The pit thing... Yeah, nah, the pit, he, he's really quick, and I think he's, from what I've heard on the board, he's a bit of an endurance runner too, so... To put things in perspective for some of the people who are listening, um, Stephen Hill is got tested faster over 20 metres than Gary Rowan or Lewis Jetta from our club. If his cox is as fast as some people are saying he is... Oh, we should put a bid in. Uh, we have to match, if that's the case, because Stephen Hill, I would... Look, I'm not saying that they're similar players. Stephen Hill would have a bit more agility than his cocks, and not to mention Stephen Hill's vertical jump, I think, is still the AFL oh. record, actually, and um, draft camp testing, but... He's kind of a ridiculous athlete, but 
this really gives a really good um, hindsight as to how well we're going through the academy right now. I mean, Eddie McGuire would be absolutely fuming, especially on the weekend with John O'Freeman four goals against Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he had. Um, they asked him tonight. Um, Johnny Ralph said, um, "What about John O'Freeman?" And he said, "Shut up." He, he didn't want to hear about it, so didn't didn't say anything about the academy. So he just. Now I want to be reminded of it. Um, now I want just, uh, just a quick question, Punts. Um, with um, Heaney and um, Mills, what kind? First, there's a, it's, this is a two-part question. First of all, how are they both for pace? And second of all, what player would you say they both resemble um, to a current day AFL player? Would you say a, like a Pendlebury or David Swallow, like? those type of players or another player on on our list? Um, it's, it's sort of hard to make the call because, you know, when you say champions like Penelbury, people say you're an idiot, you know what I mean, blah, blah, blah. But if I agree with um, some who say Heaney's a lot like um, Swallow. He uh, can kick, he pretty much runs the same. Sort of, you know, that hunchback sort of running style and they can kick on both sides, very classy. I know Swallow took a few years to get going, but this year he's really stood up. So I can say they're sort of um, he's sort of that sort of player with a big with a big build. He's got big broad shoulders and just as I said, physically physically um, ready to go. And um, they're both, um, as I said, very quick on the outside. And they both can play inside, which is which is good too. They're not scared about getting hardborn, and especially um, well, actually you could you could say that about both boys. They love tackling. Mills exceptionally um, loves loves getting in there and tackling, and and he uses it very good on the and he can and he can use it on the outside as well. So they're they're sort of rare players. You know, sometimes you can get your you know your insiders and your outsiders, but both boys are exceptional using it on the outside and inside. And with Mills, he just um. He's a really good. But both boys actually are really good overhead marks too for their size. They just, I'm not blowing, you know, blowing steam up them. But um, they just they're going to be. I'd be surprised if they weren't, you know, not superstars. But I'd be surprised they weren't very good. If they didn't become very good AFL players because to stand out like they have, at you know, I know Division Two, but stand out like they, they did yesterday in a senior, in the seniors with senior. You know, guys and the way they played, they just they didn't look out of place at all. You could, you know, they look like they've been playing there for for a year or so, or, or whatever. So, to, I could go on and say that you could play both of them could probably play senior football next year, and that's even Mills, and he's a year younger. They just look, um, they're going to be good pickups, and I think Sydney will do everything to get them. So, whether they have to give up two picks, three picks, um, you know, might they might argue the point to start with, but they they will give it up. Yeah. Uh, what, what so so they are they are pretty pacey, you know. Yeah, pacey. Both both boys are pretty pacey. They're not they're not slug boxes. So they, as I said, they get on the outside. Good. So they're not Tom Mitchell slow. <laughs> nah, nah, nothing. Nah, I know Tom Mitchell is. <laughs> that's probably the only thing he lacks. Um, you know, is a little bit of class, and he's obviously leg speed, but. I guess he's just not that sort of part. At the end of the day, he's, he's, he gets it out to them sort of guys. But Heaney and Mills, as I said, Heaney played a lot on the ball yesterday. Mills was sort of off a wing and then went into the middle a little bit. But um, you know, Heaney would just break away from the packs and you know he and you know not not Dangerfield like nothing like that. But they both have got really good pace, which is what Sydney sort of needed. You know, coming in a lot. Yeah, yeah definitely. In my opinion, anyway, is what Sydney needed in the midfield. 
Now, yeah. Pants, I need to talk to you actually just about the Kennedy, and obviously he probably won't be played this week, even if it is just hamstring tightness. You do believe that Tom Mitchell right now, um, he's played a half, a three-quarters, and now a full game in a reserves. Do you think his fitness base will be is adjusted enough for AFL, or do you reckon he's still another week or two off? No, I don't think he'll be fit enough for AFL, but... I don't think Sydney have got a choice. As you said, he's played a half, three quarters in a full game now. Um, you know, he might have been blowing a bit yesterday, but have they really got a choice now? I don't think they I don't think they do. I think they're gonna to have to play him. They probably would have liked to get him, you know, another another week in the knee field, you know, another another at least, you know, another full game and then maybe up for selection then. But um, to be honest, if you, he racked up twenty eight possessions yesterday and was probably best on. So um, you know, another week of that, he probably would have started warranting for a for a call up. So I know, or oh, just getting you know at the selection table anyway. Whether he would have got a game or not, it's probably another thing if they had a full list. So, but they really don't have a choice. I know people are throwing up Ryan O'Keefe, but again, I watched him again yesterday, and oh, I hate saying it because everyone you know he's such a legend, but he's done. Like Hunt played on him yesterday, and even Hunt, I think, has done at AFL level, um, Hunt from GWS, and Hunt was out marking him, pushing him under the ball, ran off him with ease, outbodied him, and, you know, once somebody's running off O'Keefe, O'Keefe might as well stop in his tracks because he ain't going to catch, he ain't going to catch much, so, and Hunt's not the fastest bloke going around either, and Hunt, you know, outbodied him, ran off him, and, you know, just, um, I can't see, if he did, I'd be, I'd be, to say, I'd be going down the line to say he's been gifted the game. If he played this week, yeah, yeah, no, definitely not form warranted. I'd, I'd be more first to say give give O'Keefe a game in the last round if we're going to give him a game. And I'm not one. I'm not one to give a farewell game, but when we did play him in the start of the season, it was, he was playing Jude Bolton's role last year, which was on the half forward flank, which he struggled, so no, he, I don't think he could play a, a full game in the middle. And that's another thing about Tom Mitchell too. I think if he plays this week in the seniors, he has to play majority of the time on the ball because he's not a half forward flanker. Um, it, uh, if they bring him in just to play off the half forward line, I think that's ridiculous because, again, Tom really doesn't have a hell of a lot of pace and defensive pressure. He's a really good tackler in, in and close in a congested, you know, congested game, but not in. Um, he, you know, he has to be in the middle, getting the ball out like Kennedy, etc. So, um, yeah, uh, whether they do it or not, uh, Hewitt's another one, but didn't play on the weekend for some reason. He's another one that can play inside as well. He's the emergency. He gets a hell of a lot, um, hell of a lot of contested and um, clearances. But whether they want to debut, he's only a, he's only a real young fella, Hewitt. So whether they want to go down that path, I don't know. What about Zach Jones? Yeah, Zach played all right off the half off the halfback flank yesterday, but he wasn't in the best again. Um, you know, whether they're going to bring in another defender or not, they've already got. You know, a few that they might have to make decisions on with Laidler this week. And, um, you know, Biggs, I don't know how many defenders they want to bring in. They say push Biggs up to the wing or something like that. I, I really don't know. Yeah. Well, could, could Zach Jones play as the in the Kennedy role? No. Not sure. No. 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 He's been playing developing off halfback flank in the two. So to throw him in the middle at AFL level in his, what, third or fourth game would be would be a big step up. I think it'd be more like a, um, yeah, Mitchell that's, you know, played AFL football before. 
Now, looking forward to the Western Bulldogs game this weekend, Ponce, um, and everybody, we may as well start moving on now. What ins and outs do we actually see happening? Um, Longmire said uh, McGlynn um, probably won't come back from an apparent back injury um, for another week, so it looks like he won't be back until the Richmond game. So, And obviously it looks like we've got Kennedy out. I'm not sure if we'll bring Shaw in, actually, unless we perhaps move Biggs up to the wing, but... A little unlikely, and I think we are probably going to move Towers on. So it looks like Towers and Kennedy will be out. What ins do you guys see happening? Rob, uh, Swans rule, 100. Uh, I guess it depends who's fit. Like, is Shaw fit? Is Smith fit? I thought I heard someone say Smith McGlynn were both were out. Or was it just McGlynn was the most likely not to play? Something like that. So I'd like to see Smith back in the side as quick as possible. And maybe you can bring Shaw in and put Biggs in the midfield. But I really like Biggs, so I'd like him to stay in, but I know Shaw's going to eventually get that spot back more than likely, so I'd probably, I guess Mitchell's the swap for Kennedy, as we were sort of talking about before. Uh, Towers comes out for mine, and for Smith or Shaw, probably, but, you know, I could imagine him playing Kennedy anyway if, if he's fit, so we'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, if I could get Reed back and memory in, I'd probably think about that as well, but yeah, it's hard to say this early in the week. Need to see the Matt Cameron's report, I guess, to get all the facts. What about you, Bonds? Well, in all honesty, um, Hewitt didn't play on the weekend. Um, he was an emergency. I'm going into the match, and I was just worried about a few players coming up. So Hewitt, that was the reason why Hewitt wasn't um, lining up in the reserves. So it isn't an injury issue. So you never know. He still may actually be next in line for selection in regards to Kennedy. But they're not really like-for-like players. Hewitt's a bit more outside and would almost be a Jake Lloyd replacement if anything, and that isn't going to happen. So I think I have to agree with what puns are saying. Um, Mitchell will probably be the most likely one in. I'm, And I think Towers for Smith, but I think Biggs' performance on the weekend, and this is going to maybe anger a few people on here and around the board. Look, if Biggs is going to perform like that, I don't have a spot for sure inside at the moment. Yeah, I wanted to say that, but I thought um, you know be held out of the room. But I think oh, Biggs is a way back in the short. They can attack me all the they want. On, Look, I would, I would possibly bring Shaw in, keep Biggs in the side. Let's see, because what Shaw traditionally does is have a poor first up game, and then has a good second game. So, do we want him firing for the finals? But the of course, we do have round 23, but so we've got options there, we're sure. We know he's going to have a poor first game back. My, 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 that's my fear. Um, so sure, though. I, I thought his form um, before I, he got injured was starting to drop off anyway. Yeah, yeah, in all honesty, I don't think there is... You can't fit Smith, Rowan, Rampy, Labler... All these defenders in the side. Layla does not deserve to get dropped after the last few weeks. He does yeah, he not deserve to get lost. dropped. There is no... If we is either Biggs or Shaw right now, and that's not yep. even talking about Smith somehow fitting into the side as well, and he has to come in. And Biggs, yeah, so, he's the only one who could go play on the wing or something. Like Shaw could so, go play in the middle. Yeah, I, I, I'm like... Kennedy obviously out with um, Towers, and then I would... Because I would never go more than two outs at any one time. So then that would bring in Mitchell and um, Mitchell and uh, Smith. And if you're going to bring Shaw in, he has to come in in round 23. And that, then you make your decision on who you want for your 
first up. Uh, look, right now, if look, if we're going to be naming our best twenty-two, I don't have Shaw in it. I'm sorry. I think Biggs is a better footballer than Shaw, and I agree, think Punts agrees with me here. Yeah, I know. I'll bring it up numerous times during the year and got held down for it. I know they apparently love his leadership, but I thought Shaw was on his way out at the end of last year. Just you know, he seems to be in the bigger games. You know, he might, he might rack him up against. You know, not so good opposition, but in the bigger games, I think he gets a little bit under pressure and starts bombing away a bit too much and turns over the ball. You know, not that nobody else does it in the whole team, but um, I really like Biggs. As I said, he, you know, he did he turned it over a couple of times yesterday, but to come in uh, after um, you know being in the kneeful and get twenty five possessions off the halfback flank, how can you drop? It's going to be you know pretty shit ass to drop, but. It just seems to be the way they sort of go. Like they, they, they pretty, they highly rate Shaw, obviously, and he probably will come straight back in. I can't see how he misses. So yeah, but this, this um, turning it over. We can't have too many defenders. That's the thing. Yeah. Like um, turning it over. They always play seven defenders, Sydney. So they're not going to go playing eight and nine. So people are calling for Jones to come in and Smith and all these players. They're not going to. It, it won't happen. They'll stick with their seven defenders and what they think is going to look like going into finals. So as harsh as it is, there in. probably will be bigs and bigs and um, Layla that miss out for for, um, for uh, Smith and Shaw. Okay, I'm going to put my um, mouth where it is at the moment. I reckon Shaw doesn't come back and decide. I reckon if we're playing finals and they're picking our best 22, they're not going to pick Shaw. Now, <laughs> Layla, Layla will go. Um, Rowan's got his role pretty well done at the moment, depending on what team we're playing. And that's really tight on Laidler, because if we um, go on, play, like, get far in the finals, make a grand final, and Laidler doesn't play, he can feel himself hard done by. But I don't so, reckon Shaw deserves a spot. See, my thinking here is, we have, Rowan is playing off the half-back, but he's not playing as one of the flankers. He's playing a bit more deeper. Well, so you can't big, fit. You got Big slash Shaw playing one flank. You got Melchizedek on the other. You've got obviously Kennedy, not Kennedy, um, Grundy, and um, Richards as the two key positions. So that's four. You've got Laidler. That's six. Smith. That's seven. You're forgetting so Rampy. Rowan can play in a off the bench in a different role. So that's eight. So. That, that that makes it a dif- difficult choice. You know that Biggs is, Biggs is in a difficult position because of Shaw. That's the reason why I'm saying Shaw won't make the team. They rate Biggs. Yeah. You you heard what Longmire said about Biggs after the game. They've got articles about him on the Swans website. They've finally been able to elevate him from the list and look at the game yeah. he's given us. No I way. See, Shaw I mean, won't play. I, I think what they're doing is they it'll be out of Shaw and Biggs. I think they'll have Smith come back. Layla out. But Rowan's not playing. It's Rowan's not in a competitive in a competitive role on one for Biggs. He's in a Rowan's different role. No, Rowan is Rowan's in. I wasn't saying Biggs. Rowan was in Biggs's role. Yeah, I was saying Tom, Rowan was in Laidler's role. Yeah, and yeah. I think the team has kind of changed since then. I think Laidler's come back. Obviously, came back for Smith, but what I think's happened now is that the team game plan has kind of changed. Rowan's added that extra dimension to the run out of the back line. So I think there'd be a bit of a bit of a reset to the game plan. Obviously because we what the game plan was when Smith was last there won't be the game plan we'll take in the finals. There'll be a change. 
because you, you yeah, have I to think, so I think the back line they took into um I think the back line they took into Essendon is what the back line they want for the finals. I, th- I think Smiths. I think um, Rowan's competing with um, Laidler, and I think Smiths um, obviously in there, which is is you know what the top, the back the back six seven they took into Essendon and were, and were taken into Port Adelaide before late before Smith came out for Laidler is a, is a side is a six to seven defenders they'll go with going into finals if fit. If the, they'll be tough on Laidler because he has earned his it, it, It's tough on Laidler and he's deserved his spot. But if we're aiming for a premiership, we're not aiming for sentiment here. And Rowan is best in Laidler's current position as he can also add extra run as well and give exactly us that extra right. option. Yeah. He, can got, got height, he can play the height and he can play the small. He can play the small and he adds the pace. Laidler so, yeah, doesn't Laidler's have a spot in the team. He'll he's get... not as good on the third toll as... Um... Rampy, no, so that's, that's what I was saying. He can play high as Laidler can. He, he can play small, which Laidler can, but he has that pace. The defence is basically... And that's the reason why we're saying... Mouchesky, Rampy, and then you've got to choose between Laidler or Rowan, and I'd choose Rowan, and you've got to choose between Shaw and Biggs, and I'd choose, I'd choose Biggs. I'm with um, Bonds, because Biggs is a better kick. He's quicker, arguably. You know, and, he's, and he laid he six tackles on the weekend, so he can obviously tackle. Yeah. Mm. Like they're, sure, they're, sure sure the one make If we're at full fitness, if we're at full fitness right now, going into grand final week, Shaw won't play, Layla won't play, Smith will be in a team and Biggs. Yeah. That yeah, that will be our pick. defense. I don't know if people forget Layla and Layla and Rowan are the same size, height and weight, everything's the same. But Rowan has him covered for leap, and Rowan's. At the moment, is playing. He's actually um, starting to intercept too. Rowan's the last few games has been intercepting just as much as as Laidler did before Rowan was in the side. So really, they've added they've added with Rowan coming in for Laidler. They've as I said, they're the same size, weight, height, everything. All Laidler really did was pretty much what Rowan was doing without getting without um, you know coming across helping helping out like pretty much every every high ball that goes in the back line at the moment. Um, Rowan's been able to come across and uh, help out, but what you get with Rowan instead of Laidler, you're going to get a lot of dash. You're going to get he's going to get to the ball quicker, and he's going to put on more defensive pressure when the ball's in there um, because of his leg speed. So you, you're sort of doubling up. You're getting a, you know when Rowan's not being not not defending, he's attacking like he did on the weekend, and he's able to play a little bit smaller as well where. Um, you know, not being harsh to Layla, where he did get chopped up by Palopolo the other week, where Rowan might not have been chopped up by Palopolo. So you, you're also, so you're taking their heights, their same height. They can both play tall. You know, Rowan's got an extraordinary leap where he comes across and helps out, and he can play smaller. So if you were to pick them standing next to each other, at the moment they're going to probably pick Rowan, and that's the way they went two weeks ago, and that's what's probably in John Momai's plan. And if you can get some dash out of Rowan off the halfback flank and get him off the leash, and why Malcheski and these blokes are getting um, are getting tagged, will just add to the team. I have to if agree with you. We're going to be Hawthorne, who we have to to win the flag. Rowan and Rowan's up and about. He's going to run bloody rings around half of those guys and get it out of the back line quickly. And I'm and we very need to move the ball quickly. And I'm very worried about Laidlaw against the faster teams of the competition with his speed. In defence, uh, if they all, isolate all him against awesome. a small, so yeah, if they isolate like, Layla against a small, it's going to be trouble. Yeah, yeah. he's done his job. Like credit to him, he made it hard, but if that's I, the I reality. Think, he's I, a handy depth player. Yeah. Look, anyways, let's look at towards the dogs game right now. 
just before. We could argue about the defense all week, I reckon. Um, <laughs> now, look, the Dogs have got a pretty decent midfield that I think um, shouldn't be too much an issue. Just for a quick preview, I'm going to name a couple of Western Bulldogs players to each of you. I just want you guys to give me a one-word matchup or a small a sentence matchup for who will play or how we will cope with a Western Bulldogs player. Okay, starting with yep. one's rule, Libertore. Yep. Libertore. Um, oh, jeez. I'd almost say Bird. Oh, we forgot to talk about Bird being hurt too. Um, but he'd probably go to Griffin. Uh, look, no one tagging him hard. He's just a scrapper. Don't really rate him. I rate some of those younger guys a bit higher, like Bontepelli and all that. You wanted one word, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Small sentence. Okay, punts. Uh, what do we do about Griffin? Oh my God. I like Last two yeah. games, he's got 40 plus possessions. Absolutely tore us a new one. Uh, Port Adelaide have done the same with Gray. Still tears us a new, new one. Surely someone's got to go with him, but if Bird misses and McGlynn misses, well, Cunningham? He'll, probably, he'll probably run free again. What about Cunningham? No, I think Cunningham will go to Murphy. Okay. Murphy's really their only drive out of that back line and the only one with really class. I could see. Um, uh, Cunningham doing a defensive half forward role on um, on Murphy because he does set him up a lot going through the middle and he's run he's run off the back line. I think um, is really the only one you need to stop. Yeah, well, he got run down by bloody Petri today. I think he was pretty shit today, but I know what you mean. You know, he, and he takes it down the guts every time he gets it. Yeah, they free yeah, him up. Yeah. Okay, Robbie Ando, um, Bontepelli. Oh God, where does he actually play? Oh, I I I see him at the forward line, so that's a. Just give Dane Rampy the role. Okay. He's got he's got the pace and he's got the height. Uh, that's the only the only matchup I can see. Okay. Um. Punts. Cramery. Uh. Teddy Richards. Okay. And who do you see going to Jared Grant then? Uh, he'll get dropped. He'll get dropped. Yep. Okay then. Um. He's playing in the VFL. It is. Who's <laughs> playing on Campbell? It'll be Grundy. Grundy took Campbell last time, and Teddy Richards took Jared Grant, I think, or was Eddie, um, Everett took Jared Grant last time. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in Jones. Apparently, he played well in the VFL, so they might even bring him in, and somebody might have to play tall. Maybe a Rowan. You remember he got Stringer too, which is probably a perfect matchup for Rowan. Pretty much the same height. They both got a bit of leg speed or Rampy, such and such, but they normally give Rampy the third tall role, so maybe Rampy might have to go to a Jones and play a bit taller. Um, yeah. Okay. They now kind of play go... a bit like us. They like handball it a lot and tackle, do that sort of shit. They just haven't got anyone to kick to. Yeah, they've got the midfield that can challenge us, but they, again, they haven't got the defence that will stop ours and they haven't got the forward line that can c- contest. But the, they'll t- Obviously, what they'll try to do this week is try and stretch us, they'll probably bring in a lot of tools. Yeah, I reckon we'll win by about 30. That'll yeah. be a yeah, well, Their back lines, besides Morris they're back, and Murphy, their back line's really young with rough head and um, I think they played Austin today. Like They're real young back lines. So, you know, you'd probably presume, well, you'd, you'd want to hope that Tippett and Franklin and maybe Reed and Goods would, you know, there'd be too much for well, the doggies' back line. I actually um, think Roughhead's going to be a really good matchup for Tippett. Yeah, I think he is too, but you can tell... I know McCartney said today they're starting to get a bit tired. He looked really tired today, Roughhead. Um, and they're you know, coming off a short break as well against us. So, yeah. I would, 
Uh, actually, this would be the game that I would actually put Reed permanently in the back line for, just to see how he would cope. Who is Rock, he going to play on in their back? They don't exactly have heaps of tall forwards unless they purposely try to stretch us, and I'm not sure they're going to do that. Yeah, well, they're going to try and stretch us, but the thing is, we know we know what role we want. The club, I'm saying the club would know what role we want Reed to play. But this is the week we want to see, well, what happens if, say, a Grundy or a Richards went down five minutes into a grand final or a final? What, what, what happens if we had to change Reed's role? And put him into it. So give him a game, a full game, in a in a set position in the in the defence, and see what happens. Worst idea, but there's no one to put him on next week, really. In the dogs. Team. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. There is no one to put him on. So that's. So you just want him to stand down there. Yeah, stand down there. You know, be the third man. You know, even give him give him instead of giving Richards the role on. He's already playing enough in row forward. No point doing it down back. Is there? May as well yeah, drop so him. instead of yeah, it's better than you know, it's give him give him an, an idea of where he stands in in the defence. Give him just give him a task. In all, know, in all, honesty, like, out of like, out of most teams in the competition, especially when we we're commenting on um, Western Bulldogs' short defence, like quite young, it'd actually almost be ideal to have Reed up forward this weekend. Especially if we're gonna, we might have to move goods into the midfield a little bit more without Kennedy there. So yeah, yeah. If- Reed actually going to rest one week. I'd do it this week. Yeah. No, so Reed will probably play this weekend anyway. I reckon he'll no, be no, playing no, up forward. No, he won't no, be playing defence this week. The dogs no, don't have the tools to throw in us. Rest him, if you rest him in the last round because any challenges he has for the Coleman would have played by then so you'd know if he's won the Coleman or not. But who now, cares about the Coleman? Yeah, but it's something for him so you'd know. You can make the late withdrawal for the Richmond game. Anyway, let's, not, let's not forget yeah. Buddy only has 40 games left, Dermot said, so we've got to manage him. Yeah, you've got to manage him. Then that's, that's a way of managing. You play him, you let him get his goals against the Bulldogs, if you, you know, whatever he gets, then come, you know, Hawthorne and Collingwood, Cloak's now out. So whoever is, all these challenges basically play before him. So he goes into that last game. He, he could have had, he, he crowned the Coleman medalist, before the start of the game. So he'd be like, oh, I don't even need to play. Rest him. Rest him before the first... Rest, give him a week off before the final. Okay, look, anyways, we'll go on to our sure thing, worst nightmare and tip for the weekend. Uh, Punts, what's your sure thing, worst nightmare and tip? Um, well, my sure thing is uh, Griffin will be the highest possession getter on the ground. Um... My worst nightmare. I say it every week, but we're two weeks out from finals and no more injuries, for fuck's sake. Um, and my tip is, I reckon we'll get up by 37 points, and no, I don't think it'll be much of a game. I think it'll be a bit of a shallow game. Okay, Robbie. Uh, well, my sure thing for this week is that there'll be late withdrawals um, before the game. Um, so. That's my short thing. Um, my tip is the Swans will win by about 30-odd points, mainly because we don't know the mix of the team, so it's hard to say what will happen. Okay, and your worst now, nightmare? Not, my nightmare, obviously, is, again, not his injuries. So, yeah, I'm just going to knock on wood. 
copying puns there a little as per usual. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm joking around. It's obvious because, you know, we've just seen what, ha- you know, we sp- basically the whole thread on Big Footy during the game was once Kennedy got injured, it was basically a freak out on the game day thread. Okay, so, now, uh, Robbie Ando, your sure thing, worst nightmare and final tip? You mean me? Yeah. Swan's roll. Uh, well, geez, my sure thing is um, I'll go day for day with Ryan O'Keefe in September and give that 30 days a crack. Um, <laughs> my, um, my worst nightmare is that they interview Brendan McCartney post-match and zoom in on that growth on his nose because it freaks me out every time I see it. I don't, I don't want to scratch it off. Oh, nope. you're the only one who notices that as well. Okay. We'll win by 25, and as Pun said, it'll be a routine victory and mean stuff all and move on to Richmond. Okay, um, my sure thing for this weekend, tip it to kick five. My worst nightmare, buddy to kick only three. My final tip, this one's by 46 points in a match that'll blow out a little in the last quarter. Um, look, one last thing before we wrap it up tonight, just want to give a... Um, Nice war- round applause to the great man, LRT, for a fantastic career with the Swans. Two premierships, one robbed Norm Smith medal, and several fantastic blonde hair-flapping moments. Well done, LRT. Thank you very much. Anyways, guys, you've been listening to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. Thank you very much, and good night.